Hello, and welcome to another episode of All the Witches. I'm your host, Marcus, here to chat about horror movies. So, since the last episode, I've kind of just really been slow with movies. I don't know. That's a theme of this year, last year, I'm not sure. But, uh, just got a couple things in, aside from the movie that I'm talking about today, which will be The Vanishing. So, aside from that, I watched a, I believe it was like a Hallmark Channel or Lifetime Channel original um salt and pepper which is a dramatic retelling i guess of uh, that group that musical groups kind of coming up and fame and fallout and uh as you might expect from maybe a hallmark or lifetime movie it is not awesome and also it kind of skips over some very important characters in that world um who are very important so I don't know. It was okay. Um, I just watch it because I like them. And I like their music. So uh, yes, fine. It was fine. Um, then I watched Sylvia Scarlet, which is I think a 1935 movie um, because it kind of deals with um, someone pretending to be a different gender. And I always like those types of movies that play with gender um, or sex or sexuality. I like that a lot. So I thought it was an interesting watch. It's like pretty much a comedy. There are some parts that are played very straight and dramatically. Um, and I'm not sure if it's meant to be taken seriously in those points or what. Um, sometimes hard to tell. But I found it generally very funny and very much a camp movie. A lot of camp sentiment in it. Um, so I thought that was unexpectedly fun watch um maybe it's a little bit too long there's some parts that i felt like were not necessary but whatever um and then i re-watched uh koyan Esquatsi, i guess is how you pronounce it um it's a movie i haven't seen since high school i think was when i first watched it and it's basically kind of a documentary but it's really just kind of um scenes images moving images video of different things in the united states um, like land masses, um, you know, the beauty of nature, but also sped up images of like people in Times Square or, you know, in a subway or whatever, or chickens on a factory line type thing, um, or hot dogs on a factory, whatever. Um, just kind of lots of scenes all set to music by Philip Glass. Um, it's very well done, um, for what it is. It was an experimental thing at the time. There were two more movies in that series um and then since then i think some of the kind of original people or um, cinematographers and stuff have done other things like baraka so um i definitely like calling a squad seat quite a lot um and watching it again i still really liked it so i think i maybe appreciate it more um so i would definitely recommend it if no one if someone has never seen it before Though it might be a little bit tough because the name is uh, weirdly or, you know, hard to spell. Maybe if you don't know what you're looking for. Uh, spelled K-O-Y-A-A-N-I-S-A-Q. Sorry. A-T-S-I. Now I just messed it up. Um, but it's on Tubi, I believe. That's where I watched it. So, um, or did I watch it on Tubi? No. I think I watched it on Hoopla. <laughs> um, Hoopla is a free streaming service that is provided by local libraries um, similar to another one that I've mentioned before which is called Canopy but there's also Hoopla um, so I think I watched it on Hoopla I just like saying that word Hoopla anyway there's that but anyway let us get to The Vanishing from 1988 
So The Vanishing is, I believe, a Dutch film, which is about the disappearance of a woman. And you can tell that uh, by the like poster or original art for it. It's got like a picture of a lady in black and white. And it says, like, have, you know, have you seen this person or whatever? Um, so they're not hiding. Also, the name is called The Vanishing. So it's not much of a secret what this movie is about. Um, we first get to see kind of just some, you know, scenes with this l young couple, Rex and Sas Sasuka? Saskia? Not sure. Um, but anyway, this couple who are, you know, on this trip. And we're just getting to see them, get acquainted to them, and kind of appreciate them as a couple. And um, one thing that I found odd, even about this very early on, is that there is a sequence where she's talking about having this nightmare that she has sometimes where she's like in a golden egg in space and she feels so lonely, she's so alone. Uh, but there's this point when they're on their trip, um, they run out of gas in the middle of a dark, long tunnel. And he's like, okay, we need to get out of here and go get some gas and whatever. And the woman is like, no, we need to get the flashlight. I have a flashlight because someone's not going to be able to see us in the dark and we're going to get hit by a car. Um, but Rex is like, it doesn't matter. We're just going to go and get, you know, get something and we'll come back. Um, and she is like obsessed with finding the flashlight. So he just leaves her scrambling in the car while she's crying out for him to not leave her alone. But he does. And this is not the moment where she disappears. Um, but... In that moment, you got to see part of their relationship dynamic, which is not good. If you know your your girlfriend has like this really weird issue about being alone, um, not that she has like nightmares about being alone, or that you are leaving her potentially in a very dangerous predicament because her car is just there, and if someone doesn't notice it, then they're going to slam the car with her in it. Um, wouldn't you rather at least be with her? then not be with her in such a potentially dangerous scenario? Why are you running away from her pissed off? So to me, it seemed like they didn't have a good relationship at all um, if this is like how they're treated. And you know, even when he comes back, she's like, I hated you. But then she smiles and she's like, mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, you know, she was upset and she had every right to be upset. So that really kind of bothered me that that's kind of what we get to see of them is that they clearly have a problematic relationship. I mean, okay, no relationship is perfect, but this was like really bad. So I was surprised. I'm like, okay, am I supposed to feel like they are the fated couple and it's gonna be such a, you know, drama when he loses her? Cause he clearly doesn't really care that much about her. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they go pull into a rest stop, a rest stop and you know, he's there, he tells her to go get some soda or whatever, and then she never comes back. And he realizes that something is wrong, maybe he's been there for a half hour or so, and notices she's not back, he looks around for her, he even talks to the owner of the rest stop, and he's like, hey, my wife is missing, and she was here, and now she's not. Um, he talks to people around the area, and they seem to imply that she left with somebody, who is obviously not him, but left with somebody. So that's really all he knows, um, but he knows that, you know, she was taken. She was kidnapped, effectively, basically, and he doesn't know kind of what to do about it, but he just does not stop thinking about her. Um, 
even so much that when he gets a new girlfriend, because we see like three years later, he's still looking for her, he's still putting up fires, but also he has a new girlfriend. So it's like, how did he have the time to find a new girlfriend when he's pining over his last girlfriend who's disappeared? I don't know. Um, but while this is all happening, there we get to see another character. And there's a man who is, we find out early on, is basically the person who kidnapped her. We don't know how or when he did it exactly, but we know that he is the kidnapper. Um, and we're seeing kind of his life what he's doing in his, you know, home and his family and kind of that dynamic. And that's pretty interesting because you would definitely not normally see the antagonist's kind of home life and their average everyday home life, you know? The most kind of unaverage thing that seems to be happening is his wife thinks he's cheating on her um, because he's driving more than usual or whatever. She's looked at the speedometer or something, whatever that thing, odometer? Um but he's not what he is doing as we find out is kind of trying he he was trying to find women to kidnap and there is some really interesting stuff in this you know these montages of him trying to find targets to kidnap which is played out multiple times where he basically tries ways to get women to get into his car and they never accept. They always say, oh, that's okay. I'd, I'd rather walk, you know? Um, and that is such an interesting touch that I'm not sure that men would typically really be aware of. Which, you know, maybe more now, but certainly the fact of, you know, rape culture, which is some, which trains women to be fearful of men, to be aware of their surroundings, and that is, I'm assuming, why in this movie nobody is accepting, you know, his kind offers to, oh, I'll just drive you, you know, just down the road, you know, or it's okay, you know, we can go on my car or what have you. And none of the women ever accept it. And they, they say no in very kind ways and they're smiling, but they are rejecting it because they, presumably, are not comfortable. And I thought that was a very interesting touch and I liked it because I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Um, why would a woman go in a strange man's car that she has no idea who he is? Of course, they would not. So we, have, of course, have to wonder, well, how does it eventually happen? So um, what has been going on in the movie is the kidnapper has been sending postcards to Rex, kind of taunting him, letting him know, hey, I know where, you know, I'm still around. And I'm going to make you go places to meet you, but I'm never going to really meet you. Until one day the kidnapper decides, you know what, I really will meet this man. Um, because I think he saw him on TV and listened to what he said and thought, huh, okay, I will, I will meet him and I will, you know, tell him everything, basically. Um, and around this time, I think Rex's current girlfriend leaves him because, of course... He, he might, you know, she might be his girlfriend. They might do things together and whatever, but his mind is so solely still on, you know, the woman who he used to be dating who disappeared so suddenly out of his life. So as a result, she leaves, but that makes sense, doesn't it? Just, you, you gotta leave. <laughs> At some point, it's just, you know, you're not gonna be able to help him or replace that person who he lost. So she leaves, but okay. Um, also, I think Rex is 
kind of nuts at some point. Maybe he always was, but there's a point when he's looking on the computer for information and suddenly the screen just shows to showing the name Sasaka like a bunch of times. And obviously that didn't really happen, but he's seeing it and smiling. I'm like, I don't know what this is meant to imply. He's at the end of his rope, I suppose. But yes, the two men meet um, and he, the uh, man who kidnapped or stole this woman is basically saying, yeah, I will be able to tell you everything. I will show you exactly what happened to uh, Sasuke. I will do the same thing to you, basically, but it doesn't say what it is. So, yeah. Um, we also learned just a bit more about the kidnapper's backstory, which is basically he says he's a sociopath and he always has been his whole life. And he more recently decided he wanted to start kidnapping women. Uh, but up till now has been unsuccessful. Then we finally see a scene that kind of depicts what was happening when Rex was waiting at the car at the rest stop, which is that the woman, you know, she, uh, Sasuke, Saskia, um, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her name, even though he says it multiple times, like I'm just, it's a name I'm unfamiliar with, so I am, I'm bad at the, that. Um, but the way that she was, you know, just looking to get, uh, coffee, but she doesn't have the right coins, so she asks the man next to her, who is who the kidnapper? Fate. Um, and since that little chat, they are able to continue chatting. Uh, and it's, again, it's her starting everything. It's not him. She is the one who starts it up. Whereas normally in his attempts, he's always been the one to try to talk to women first. So she notices this uh, fancy little um, emblem on his keychain that has like a R in gold. And she's like, hey, I would really love that. Could I buy it from you? Or, or more like, do you know where these are from so I can buy one? And he lies, says, oh, you know, I sell these. I got a bunch in my car. You know, if you want one, I can get, I can give it to you. She's like, yeah, sure. She wanted to get it for Rex. And so they go back to his car. She's standing outside the door. Um, and he pulls like a box up front. And I don't even know what was really in this box. But he pulls it up like he's looking through his, his wares. And um, he basically says, you know, get in. And I don't know why she gets in at that point. Because why would she need to? What I feel like he should have said would be like, okay, I've got a bunch of choices here. Hey, do you want to come in here and, and you know, look at the box to kind of see which one you specifically want? Like if there's multiple styles of R. Um, but what happens is she looks in the car and sees a photo of the man and his family. And that to her um, eases her, her, her fears. It calms her down because she's like, oh, look at this, you know, family man. He must be good. He must be a normal person. And I don't have to fear him. So she sits down in the car next to him, at which point, of course, he pulls out his um, napkin or whatever that has a thing and like puts it over her face so she'll pass out. Um, and I was like, damn, this is so sad because she let her guard down because she thought it would be all right, but it wasn't all right. So I was sad for her. Um, it is what it is, though. Um, so, yeah, at that point, um, I think we, now that we finally revealed how she was captured, the next scene, of course, is to figure out, well, what did he do with her? And... What we end up seeing is Rex, who wakes up in total blackness, and uh, that is that he is in a coffin that is being buried as he's, you know, 
and um, or maybe it has already been buried at that point but either way you know there's nothing he can do he just kind of plays with the lighter light um, and you know messes around but there's nothing he can do he cannot you know break it he cannot break free he cannot get out he is going to die and that's kind of a dark way to go with things the because um, the last thing we see is a newspaper clipping that says you know oh the woman who is missing now the man who was looking for her is also missing um so it's kind of an interesting way to end that type of movie um where there isn't a happy ending really because they're both dead um and the kidnapper gets away with it um so i thought that was quite an unusual movie in the sense that it didn't seem like it would follow the tropes that a normal movie of this type would but I appreciate it for that fact um, it was rather dramatic a thriller to be sure although in a very different way again because we're not mis we're not concerned or confused as to who the, the guy is we know who he is it's just a matter of when are the two going to meet and when is everything going to be revealed so we can know as well Again, this is not really a horror movie, but it is a thriller, which I feel follows close, and there is death, although none of it is gory and on screen. So some people may not want to watch this movie if you're looking purely for horror, or like a slasher, or something like that. But if you're in the mood for like a thriller, um, and don't need kind of the, the extra frills of gory stuff or scary jump scares or what have you well jump scares aren't scary to me but you know what i mean um then i would say this is this makes an interesting watch um i checked it out via that criterion channel and it's part of their like what is it called um gone girl collection i think it is which i find kind of a funny name uh for their like little series thing that they do but why not so that's where i watched it but it's probably available other places as well or you know you can always if you have a copy of it i don't know um but either way that was the vanishing and i thought it was worth a watch and if you're interested in you know settling down with a thriller or something else something a little bit different then i would say go ahead and check it out if you can find it um because it's worth a watch there was a remake made i believe at some point but it is not as well regarded of course as remakes usually are not so um yeah if you're interested it should be from 1988 all right but that is all for now and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode thanks for listening